Hello, I'm Michael Barr. I'm Evan Novi Williams. This is the Bloomberg Business of Sports Podcast. We explore all the big money issues in the world of sports. Scott has the day off today. <laughs> he won't be joining us in the conversation. So I want payback. Mm, I see, know where this is going. Yeah, I'd see, I, when I was off, you guys did this secret word thing. So now I think we need to put in a secret word to see if Scott is actually listening to the podcast. Scott harassed you for not listening while you were out. Let's see if he's listening when he's out. And see, I missed no, I missed the secret word part because I was only in for like, you know, a few minutes of it. But we need to get him to listen to the entire thing. So the secret word should be Fortnite. Fortnite. Love it. Fortnite. A word yeah. he doesn't understand anyway. <laughs> but wait, knowing Scott knowing you, he may just take a wild guess and pick something like Fortnite. Uh, I'm willing to concede that if he just guesses right, <laughs> that we should give it to him. Okay. He's going to uh, guess NASCAR anyway, so. This is true. <laughs> By the way, that handsome guy, as you all know, it's Evan Novi Williams. And I remember the time when uh, Evan, we would talk about me being an old man and not knowing about video games all of a sudden, my 13-year-old son is hooking me up. There you go. So, that, which brings me to- We can stream later. It, <laughs> <laughs> the Asian games, yep. I, which is- a, <laughs> I'll get to why I'm laughing in a second, but the Asian games, on top of the regular competition, they are also going to have a computer games competition alongside. And people like Tencent- they got to be loving this. Absolutely. Esports, uh, as, as competitive video gaming is known, uh, has grown, ballooned, mushroomed in popularity recently. Uh, it is being included as a demonstration sport in the Asia Games in, in Jakarta later this month, which means that Bar, they won't be winning medals. But it is kind of the test run for possibly including this in the games in 2022. As we've talked about on the show, the IOC, which runs the Olympics, uh, also considering adding esports to the Olympics, it seems like a natural progression. It's a tremendously popular uh, event uh, with younger people, the kind of people that aren't turning into the Olympics as much. But it's caused this huge debate raging both within traditional sports and within esports about whether this is a good idea, whether esports needs the Olympics or whether the Olympics needs esports. By the way, yeah, this is a metal event now. This is this is not, you know, oh, and a little uh, on the side type of game. No, this is a metal sport. It's supposed to be, what, for the 2022 games? For the 2022 games, yeah. And so this, this year, as I said, they, they won't be winning medals, but they're competing in six games. They have not said which how they pick those six games. You know, three of them, as you mentioned, are, are Tencent. Uh, made and produced games. The other three uh, kind of vary between Activision, Blizzard, and and Konami, I think. And this is the big problem that these big events are going to have. The Asia Games are the second biggest multi-sport event behind the Olympics. Uh, and the Olympic Charter says that you have to work with sporting nonprofits. You know, all the governing bodies for almost every sport is a nonprofit. In esports, the underlying IP is owned by by, by the, the firms and the shops that create these games, uh, and, and the developers have to have a say in that. And that's going to be a new kind of territory for both the Asian Games and the Olympics, is, is how do you put on an event where you are, where the sport and the underlying IP under the sport is owned by a for-profit private company? By the way, the, uh, <laughs> the gold medal cyclist, McGrory, 
He's not very oh, happy man. about this. He, he, he to, In a sense, and I'm paraphrasing here, he said, this is like a competition between accountants. Yeah. <laughs> that is uh, that was from a Bloomberg story that, that that a colleague of ours, I believe, in Japan did earlier this week. Um, yeah, that's a hot take. Uh, but you're going to hear a lot of that. You know, when, when ESPN broadcasts League of Legends matches, you know, which they've done in the past, Twitter is, you know, awash with people who are upset that they that they turned on a channel that they're expecting to see traditional stick and ball sports on and they're seeing uh, video games instead. Well, see, I bring this up again and, and here I go. I'm going to go off on a limb here. <laughs> it, it's, it, we tuned in to watch poker. We tuned in oh. to watch the World Series of Poker and the most physical thing you have to do is pick up the doggone card. So what's the difference of that? Than watching this, it's a good question, and you know what is a medal event at this year's Asia Games? Bridge. <laughs> uh, so, oh, you can't you can't make the argument that esports is not an athletic competition if bridge if you are accepting that bridge can be a part of of the Asia Games. So that will be a fascinating thing to watch. Bridge obviously is not an Olympic sport, uh, and and I believe that the Olympic. The, the underlying Olympic charter also has kind of details about what is considered a sport in the Olympic world, you know, and that is mental uh, activities are not, which is probably why bridge and poker are, will, will may never be in the Olympics. And the other thing is, you know, up your alley, mechanically driven sports are not, which is yeah. why I know much to your chagrin, we're, we're not going to see uh, Dale Earnhardt Jr. winning no. an Olympic medal anytime soon. <laughs> no, I'm not happy. About that. <laughs> uh, let's move on. Uh, Alabama's new stadium, 10 years, 600 million dollar initiative that is a lot of money yes that is a lot that's more than the gdp of of, of like a dozen countries in the world (laughs) right there uh this is a 600 million dollar project to upgrade both alabama's football stadium and its its basketball facility and obviously the bells and whistles training sports science center that that, that is happening across the country right now Uh, a perfect example of the arms race that in college sports is getting out of control Schools like Alabama, which is a dynasty in football and in the SEC, they make so much money. And as we've talked about, players are not compensated uh, beyond the the full value of their scholarship. And the way to reinvest that money into players without paying them is to do it by paying Nick Saban nine million dollars a year by building a, you know, practice facility that is enormous and has everything a player could could imagine uh, and this is just the latest iteration of that but 600 million dollars is a new level above what we've seen it shows you how big college in, in case people forgot how big college sports has become absolutely yeah and you're wearing the crimson tide colors right now i can see here um yeah and and, and if i was uh, a fan of a, of a mid-tier college football school you know, this kind of thing would worry me. There is this huge gap between the haves and have-nots in college sports, and schools like Alabama, uh, and and you can't blame them, uh, are continually pushing the envelope. You know, there are there are plenty of schools out there that would like to compete with Alabama on the field that will never be able to tap their alumni or their school for a six hundred million dollar facility upgrade. Roll tag. Exactly. By the way, uh, take a guess. Bryant-Denny Stadium is where Alabama plays. Right. When do you think was the last time they had major renovations on Bryant-Denny Stadium? Oh, we got to go back to Bear Bryant, probably. 2010. Really? Is that soon? <laughs> it's the, that wait, recent. Wait a minute. Hold it. I, I thought we are going to like remove cement bricks and stuff. Like, this, exactly. What, what, so then, now, I got I to ask, why... It's, it's only been eight years. Because Why? they can. You know, in that span, they've won, what, four or five 
national titles. I, I wouldn't say that the stadium is, you know, state of the art, but you know, they went through this process less than a decade ago. They made re- major renovations to the football stadium. This is where we are in college sports right now. You know, the, the <laughs> okay. building that, and, and it's an old building, but the building that was, you know, refurbished and made bigger and better in 2010 needs a, a much bigger renovation starting in 2019. Uh, and, and the money's there, you know, the, there's 10 founders suites in this building. They've already have commitments to eight of them you know they cost five million dollars so wow if you can put in more uh more luxury seating and the money is already there to 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 pay for a lot of them why not do it by the way one of my favorite things about this the basketball coach you know basketball is not a huge sport in alabama Uh, he apparently did a victory lap around his office when they told him (laughs) that they were going to do these renovations (laughs) i think that's fantastic (laughs) well you know why i like alabama by the way their football program because it's very similar to when these young men get out of Alabama and they go into the National Football League. You don't have to unlearn a lot. It's pretty much basic from Alabama to the NFL, the NFL way. Shoot, you could go from Alabama to some football teams and be playing in a worse stadium in yeah. a couple of years, right? You know, yeah. you know, you're used to an LCD screen at your locker room and your own flat screen TV in your locker, and you know, a lazy boy recliner for you and, and, and next to your teammates, lazy boy recliner, and you get to to the NFL and suddenly you're you're you know you're in the the Bill Stadium and <laughs> yeah. you know you're like, wait a second, <laughs> why is there a bench and and a, and a metal locker? Why Cleveland Browns. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of teams and uh, with the Red Sox and, and all of this and teams moving this and that, whatever, how big it's become, the Red Sox minor league team is moving to Worcester from Rhode Island. Yeah, this is uh, this has caused another kind of set, set of uproars. Uh, there's a lot, you know, we've talked in the past about how professional sports teams are often you know, asking local municipalities or, or the state to pitch in a lot of public money for their stadiums. Uh, and it happens at the minor league level as well. And sometimes it's even, uh, it can be more damaging because, you know, the, the cities that have minor league teams are Pawtucket, Rhode Island. They're yeah. not, you know, they're not uh, New York City, you know. Um, but yeah, the, 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 the team that's played in Pawtucket, I'm curious actually, do you, Pawtucket Red Sox, the Paw Sox, is that something that you knew? Is that a name you were familiar yeah, with? Yeah, I, actually I was. Yeah, I would say they're one of the more, famous minor league teams in the country you know i think that even casual baseball fans have some idea of who the paw Sox are uh, and the paw Sox are no longer you know they're yeah. leaving pawtucket rhode island they're moving to worcester massachusetts which is i believe the second biggest city in new england behind boston um but the 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 pawtucket government and at the state and local level didn't put up enough money to to, to keep the team there um, and you can say that's fantastic for Pawtucket to, you know, to stand up to 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 a group of owners, you know, the Red Sox owners who might not need that money right there. And, and there are other people who are saying, listen, it's this is dangerous for Pawtucket uh, to to lose what is obviously a huge staple in the community. Um, we'll see, um, but but there is certainly a an underlying trend here of professional and minor league teams that are consistently trying to get the maximum dollar out of their home towns and home states and if they don't get it they're willing to move for it there once was a team from pawtucket i'll finish that <laughs> no no <laughs> What's no, no, the no. Next verse on that one? <laughs> you know who's upset about this really is pat carroll because she uh who is uh, also a host here on bloomberg she is from the rhode island area 
and she, she, in fact, she sent out a tweet that, I mean, she was sad to see this come about because I guess the team has been there for right since 1973. 73? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's it's been a while. And for people who live in minor league towns, especially Red Sox, which are, you know, the team for an entire region, uh, countless Red Sox have both come up through the minor league system and played there, or as Dustin Pedroia did this year, when they get injured and need to, you know, get back into playing shape, they'll play a couple games there. Those are a huge draw. Um, yeah, I would imagine that if you're a baseball fan in Pawtucket, this news is a, is a rough one for you. And if you're a baseball fan in, in Worcester, yeah, you might be excited. They, they have a new going to be a new ballpark. Uh, the state is, I think, financing $100 million of it. Polar Beverages, which is a Worcester-based company, is going to be the naming rights partner on yeah. the deal. Uh, and who knows, in, in another 20 years, when, uh, when Worcester decides it doesn't want to pay for the next luxury suites, uh, maybe they'll be moving somewhere else. <laughs> minor league teams are fun to watch, by the way. I, I love going to a minor league baseball game because they have so many of those uh, the promotions. They, they, you, there was one promotion where you would throw a, a baseball. It, was, it wasn't a hard baseball. It was a kind of a soft baseball into a moving car with the sunroof open. <laughs> And if you got it in there, then your name is your name is on the ball, and then your name is in the drawing to try to win this car. They should do more. We, every team should do that. Why? Why do we have the standard? Get on the ice and try to shoot the hockey puck into the hole that's uh, just barely bigger yeah. than the hockey puck. We should do. We should be shooting hockey pucks into moving cars. Do do Jeopardy or something. Like do you? That. Did you go to Jersey Cardinals games when they were out in uh, out in Western Jersey? No, I went to Mud Hens the game. Oh, sure. Mud Hens yeah, yeah. for the Tigers. But oh, I love that stuff. But by the way, uh, a shout out. My home track is the Pocono Raceway, mm. and uh, they just had an IndyCar race there uh, Sunday. And a shout out to Indy driver Robert Wickens. He's being treated to uh, injuries to his lower extremities, his right arm, his spine. And it was just a wicked accident at the Pocono Raceway Sunday off of turn two. Now, there are only three turns for people not familiar with it. They call it the tricky triangle. And out of turn two, all of a sudden, they got together, uh, Ryan, Hunter, Ray, and uh, Wickens got together. And what happened, Wickens car rose up, caught the catch fencing, and twirled like a top, like a vicious top. And, I mean, it just took cars out all over the place. If you haven't seen the video, it is Y'all, this scary. is terrible. I mean, the, the only thing left of the car when it's done is the, the little encasing where it's, the driver is. Nothing. It was nothing left. Of, and the, the irony of this, which is sad, is that three years ago, it's the same spot where Justin Wilson mm. lost his life off of turn two, it's the, it's the it's exact the same same, same turn. Wow. I mean, they, they God bless them. They, they're they're working hard out there, and, and so shout out to uh, Mr. Wickens. Please get well soon, and uh, I hope we can cut back on seeing accidents mm. like that. So, hey, by the way, we do miss Scott. We do. We do. We had right. two Sosniks on the show last last week. Zero Sosniks in the show today. <laughs> you know what? That's not a good trend. Let's I don't know where to go from there. Just just to mess with Scott. Just to see if he's listening to the entire show. Let's change the word. Oh. Yeah. That's let's, devious. I want to change the that's word. That's devious. Yes, okay, it so is. it's no longer Fortnite. It's not it? Fortnite. It's Play-Doh. Play-Doh. He'll I like never that. guess that. Yeah. It's, I, it's just nothing he could guess. It's Medina, yeah. Medina approved. Yeah. Play-Doh. <laughs> that's it. 
<laughs> Book it. It's done. Love it. Let's see if he's listening. Now, and see, we can catch him if he says, yeah, it was uh, Fortnite. It's like, you listen to the entire show? Yeah. No, you didn't. Love it. Uh, let's see. And folks. I promise I, I won't be in his ear. This okay. time. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, no. not yeah. that I was anyone. Don't feed it. I was not in anyone's ear last time either. But just mm. saying, maybe mm. if I was, I won't do that again this time. <laughs> good. 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 <laughs> oh, thank you, folks. This is the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast. I'm Michael Barr, along with Evan Novi Williams, Scott Sosnick, who is off today. We miss him. And we're here each and every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday exploring the world of money and sports. Join us again at the end of the week when we speak with the man who makes all the revenue for the USTA and the U.S. Open, Lou Share. You're listening to Bloomberg Business of Sports from Bloomberg Radio around the world and online as an Apple podcast on iTunes.